All right, hello everyone. Welcome to the Communication Solution with us. We are the MI Guys, and we are here to help you empower the individuals, organizations, and communities you serve. And to do that today, we have our wonderful team, our lovely leader and director, Casey Jackson. Woo! Hello, thanks for having me here, John. That excitement, just it's emitting from me. And then we have Tammy. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, Tammy. Wonderful person setting this up for us and getting all these things figured out and organizing. And then myself, John Gilbert here. And this is our uh, usual team for helping you out with anything that you would like. Again, you can email us at Casey at ifiso.com for things you would like to address. Today, we'll be addressing the writing reflex, particularly in relationships and Maybe that's friendships. Maybe that's romantic relationships. We can talk about this a little bit more, but in relation seems to be a little more personal than professional is what I'm gathering from this. So for anyone that would like to start us off, what are your initial thoughts? We could define our terms. Casey, you had looked up some stuff to see if you knew the history of this or how, what it was created. We could start there, or I don't know if there's another place you want to start. I'd be curious to start with more of the history. Where did and how, it yeah, where did this come from? This, I know we talk about it in IFIOC's trainings, but yes. yeah. I, you know, it's one of the things that the vast majority of things I just as a trainer, or just as somebody's knowledge, I just want to know what I'm talking about. So it's something I looked up quite a while ago. And I thought it, I, when I was first learning MI and training, you know, getting trained on MI and training MI, I, I just thought writing reflex was something that was an MI term. And, but then when I was looking about teaching and I wanted to look up some pictures and that which led me down a whole rabbit hole and and it it is a reflex it is a it's a human reflex the writing reflex it is a combination of things with our sensory input that helps us to stand up straight to not fall over mm-hmm. when we, yeah so there is a, how do we how do we stay centered and so between our our vision between our hearing between our vestibular system there's multiple systems that help us literally we're such an awkward tall thing that that we don't fall over as we're putting one foot in front of the other has to do with this whole complex thing about writing reflex. It the one that and that wasn't even where I originally started when I was doing kind of my I want to understand what this means. It was the most popular things that came up were around cats. That a cat will physiologically write itself in the air if it gets tossed up in the air or falls out of a tree, that little body and all the muscles in it will wiggle every way it can to make sure that it lands on all fours. And so literally it will write itself in the air and land on its feet. So that's that's the source of it. And and so when you think about that in relationship with motivational interviewing, it's when we start to fall out of our own orientation, it's how do we get back oriented to where our center is. So it's usually when something is triggering us and the way we teach it at, at IFIOC is that when something is triggering your values, either in a way that you believe in or you disagree with, the stronger that you conflicts with or aligns with the more that you want to write, you know, to, to, to show where your orientation is into that. And traditionally what we think in motivational interviewing more often than not, it's usually when somebody's doing something that completely goes against our, our values or what we think might be good for them or what we think the fix might be. When I talk about it, that most people relate to is, you know, I was talking the training. I don't care where you fall on the political spectrum. And I don't care what news station you watch or what social media that you're most drawn to. But what I tell people is I can almost guarantee in 2020 around, you know, September, October, November, right before the presidential elections in the U S 
I can guarantee no matter what news station you go towards or, or apps you look at or social media, I can almost guarantee your writing reflex was triggered, no matter where you are on the spectrum, that you're oh, yeah. seeing things that don't feel right to you. So it's this, there's kind of an amalgam of different ways we look at the writing reflex, but it's basically, you look at something, you go, that's not right. And when you see that it's not right, you want to do something to correct it, to make it right. You want to post something, you want to scream something, you want to, you know, you want to pound your fist on the table and say, that's not right. This is what's right. That's your writing reflex. When you get into personal relationships, what it is, is you can see people making decisions that you're going, oh my gosh, this is doing damage to you. Or that's not a good way to parent. If we see somebody spank a child in a grocery store, your writing reflex is that's not okay because your writing reflex is getting triggered. That doesn't look right to you. So that's, that's kind of the, the backdrop to different concepts around the writing reflex. Mm -hmm. And this, my mind was going in so many different ways, Casey, but one thing that's really fascinating, and I don't, I'm, I don't know if either of you have the answer to this or anything, but I'm thinking about our writing reflex, com like in 1995 compared to 2015. So as social media has grown, I, I feel like we see more people's writing reflex. But I don't know if that's because the writing reflex has become stronger with people or now people just have a platform to share it. I, I Yeah, I just off the top of my head, what I think of is I don't know if the writing reflex is any different today than it was in the Wild West. You know what I mean? That when you see something or in the South or, you know, I just I can take any part, at least in, you know, this is very, you know, you know, cultural centric is just, but when I think from a U.S. perspective, you know, my, my brain, then I keep thinking about all these different eras in time. And I just think, oh my gosh, look at the civil unrest around this and how many opinions mm -hmm. there are, the civil war. I mean, there's just, there's all sorts of writing reflex around that. That, that is such a good point. Mm -hmm. And and even to go back, you know, further and, and to Casey, you used to train on it this way in a certain way that goes, you know, we're always going to be influenced by our own culture, but whether you believe in creationism or you believe in evolution or something of the two, just the very fact of when you come up to another person, uh, be it back in the Savannah or whatever, where you go, do we commune or do we go to war? And you, you had uh, talked about that many years ago as, yeah. as a way of thinking. And so much of our realities are egocentric to our perspective and so if you don't align with what I think is right, my center that you were implying, Casey, that a lot for a lot of people is my center is that I am right. And that therefore, if you are not right with me, we go to war. And that to me goes way further back and is way more deeply rooted in a source of many things outside of even, you know, I, I believe humans. But the whole idea of that is to try to now shape that back into relationships to me, yeah. we could get in a very deep, very nuanced conversation about identity politics, cancel culture, human rights, equal opportunity, equal outcome, and all these things, right? But yes. to me, there's a lot of writing reflex for sure. And it's easier to be distanced from all that with my writing reflex if it's not affecting me or I'm, I believe or perceive it's not affecting me day to day versus someone that believes or perceives it does. When you take that into your inner circle, of someone 
that you're with day-to-day or very often, either romantic or friendship or business even, you're, you're in a relationship. And the closer you get to your inner circle and the more they're, they're influence and you're influencing them day-to-day, the more that writing reflex seems to be intense because it's more attachment to the outcome. It doesn't mean that's not for a lot of other people with some of these bigger things, but given today's topic is the relationships, there seems to be an intensity the more you have your inner circle involved of what you think is right, especially if it's kids and there's innocence like you were getting at, Casey, with vaccines or all these other things we could talk about. There's there's innocence, so I got to do what's right. But I'm, I'm wondering your thoughts of either your experiences or as you think about kind of inner circle and relationships, what's been your experience or what do you think about the writing reflex in those environments? The way that that made it easiest for me to kind of comprehend it, you know, Tammy and I have talked about this before is it seems that it's proportional or the correlation is the more attached you are to the actual outcome, which tends to obviously be more attachment to more outcomes, the closer it is to your inner circle. You know, somebody you've never met before, you know, and they're making some decision and you kind of hear about it on the news and it's nothing you really have an opinion about. You're probably not going to have much of a writing reflex. It could be something you you never have met the person before, but you've seen atrocity, some atrocity happen to them by some government, and you're probably going to have a stronger writing reflex, even though you've never met the person before. You can have a conversation with your spouse about finances, and you two have a very heated disagreement around that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a writing reflex. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so what I te- what I tend to think of is yes, it definitely tends to be more amplified the closer you know, in proximity or, you know, in your inner circle it is. But I also find that that correlation holds true, The how, depending on how attached you are to certain outcomes or how invested mm-hmm. you are in certain constructs. The more investment in those constructs, because again, there's things that your, your spouse or your partner may say that are fairly inconsequential to you as they're talking about things at work that oh, you yeah. care about and you're listening to but you don't have a strong writing reflex. But if they talk about how one of their coworkers, you know, was really making some misogynistic comments and being really inappropriate, you may have a very much stronger reaction to that mm-hmm. and a strong writing reflex mm-hmm. to that because it, it more taps into your own personal, your own feelings and your own biases around those things. Yeah, Casey, you just used this word consequential. And that really resonated for me of what we're talking about. Attachment to the outcome is to what degree is there a consequence? To what degree is there a, an outcome from this that really matters? And that's what I, I was interpreting from what you were throwing out there. How consequential is this? And the degree to which it's consequential consequential is the degree of our intensity of our writing reflex. That seems to be true to what you're saying, which could be about some of these things happening in the world, of course but seems to be especially true when it's finances that you're working hard to make that you're sharing with your spouse. And it's like, oh, this is so consequential because this is my you know, blood and sweat and time. And so because it's mine and we're trying to share this, it's very consequential. And I just really resonated with that, that that seems to, it could be a variety of topics beyond financial. It could be so many other things, but Absolutely. consequences, that seems to be big in this. Absolutely. Well, and I think that helps because I was actually just thinking of asking the question, is there a difference between writing reflex and opinions too? But I think, John, the consequential piece of it 
is opinion. Everyone just has opinions in general, but the writing reflex is really triggered when there's some sort of consequence that you Mm. see happening that you don't want to see happening or maybe, well, yeah, that you don't want to see happening. So anyways, you already answered my question before I asked it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so interesting because it speaks to what Casey ended on and Casey, you sound like you were going to come in with something. So please do. But this bias that we all have bias, I have bias, you have bias, everyone listening has bias, implicit biases that we're unconscious of, conscious ones, things that I'm you can all see right now or hear from me that I'm unaware of. And so we have biases. And when we have biases, how much, because it gets deeper into how much are we seeing that as a consequence and how much are we not, we could be projecting all our stuff on them or our past experience with them, whether it's true or not, we're going to have a stronger writing reflex when I have this perceived, believed, or actual history of consequence with this person or perceived consequence. And to me, it goes very deep that we don't need to get super you know, deep in this one into, but how much are you in your relationships seeing the other person from a light of wrongness? And how much are you trying to see them in this light of understanding and trying to be having that huh versus uh response. And that is the writing reflex. And that huh, that curious, you can still have a writing reflex, but you're, you're trying to fake it till you make it. You're trying to understand and genuinely provide this space. But that's so much easier said than done, Casey, with your example of talking about finances with your partner. So I'm curious what you were going to expand on as well as how do you make that practical? How do you embody this when we're talking about it so conceptually when you're triggered in the moment, you know? Well, I think one of the things that we acknowledge, you know, that I think it's always critical to acknowledge is it, what are you trying to accomplish? Not, I think what we always go back to is not every conversation is an MI based conversation. So it's not that the writing reflects is a bad thing or beware, or mm-hmm. I, I think it just depends on what, what outcome do you want? If you're trying to affect behavior change, it's why we have to be hypervigilant of our writing reflex because if we're trying to help orchestrate or facilitate change in another person, our bias can profoundly contaminate that process. Mm-hmm. If you are talking with your spouse about finances, it may or may not be a good thing for you to be detached from your writing reflex. There may be things that are very critical of why your writing reflex is getting triggered and it's not something you need to surrender because there is a real outcome for yourselves or for the family that, that, that may be because of that. You know, if somebody decides to take all the money and go to Vegas and spend all the money and all the savings and there's nothing left and the family loses their house, you, you, you don't tell people, well, yeah, you shouldn't have that writing reflex, you know, yeah. because you're trying to make behavior change, right? I mean, so, so I think that we have to put it in context as well is that it's mm. not it is a reflex. It's a good thing, a bad thing. We're not going to define good or bad. It's what is the functionality or the mechanism of it. And when, depending on what the nature of our interaction is and and what the kind of intention behind that is, is going to have an indicator of, do we need to pay attention to it? Do we need to be aware of it? Do we need mm. to circumvent it? Which is what we tend to do in motivational learning is my writing reflects my bias is not going to help you get clear about how you feel about these behaviors or this circumstance or these situations. Mm. Mm. Very good point. 
Yeah, that's really, I'm trying to absorb all this of what are you really wanting? What are you intending, right? We talk about that with the MICA, the Motivational Interviewing Competency Assessment. What are you intending? But even just in personal life, regardless of doing MI, Casey, outside of that, the writing reflex is real. And even if you're not doing MI and people are listening to this and, you know, have either gone through MI or never gone through MI, the reflex happens. It's a trigger. We get triggered and it's a form of a trigger that we're talking about. And so I just want to say that, but you use this word contaminate. And it's interesting because it's like, it made me think, am I contaminating or am I helping construct, which comes from a bias and a thought process of how much am I being destructive or constructive? And if I want to be more constructive and that's my intention, how much is, am I contaminating this with my writing reflex? Or maybe my writing reflex, I believe, perceive, whatever, project that me having my writing reflex right now is actually going to be constructive, righteous indignation. I'm going to protest. I'm going to do whatever, right? I'm going to have my writing reflex and that I'm not going to allow my partner to go to Vegas and spend all that money, <laughs> that it can be constructive for pro-social or healthy things possibly, but you have to have the context. And I think that's so critical. Context, intention, and what's contaminating versus what's constructive. That's so specific to the situation, as well as the life experience of each person involved. You know, we could talk about executive functioning and all these other things that that form our emotional selves. There's so much going on there, but thank you for adding that. That was really rich for me. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say before we wrap up, I did want to touch on, you know, John, you had mentioned at one point, you know, trust and safety with the writing reflex. Mm -hmm. And so it's something we could talk a little bit more about that too. Yeah, I'll speak to it a little bit and then, you know, it's it's nothing we need to go deep into, but we, we talk about it, about values in motivational interviewing. Stephen Rolnick, I forget what year it was. I think it was in Atlanta or Poland, Casey, when we were, we were talking about how Stephen Rolnick brought up values at the Mint Conference and like... Yeah. Kelly was like, you were on it, Casey. I remember that moment. It was fun. <laughs> but we were we were kind of, thanks to Casey, on the cutting edge of where MI was headed, talking about values. Hashtag trendsetting. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this as a maybe not so humble brag. Casey's probably gotten a lot more. But with when Casey and I were in Poland, we were told to be the avant-garde of MI by this incredibly intelligent psychologist there. I forget his name, but he was, he was, that was a huge compliment. So huge compliment. the reason I, I was saying all this is because those are sorts of values, trust, safety, this sense of security. And that comes from values theory that Casey put at the top of this concept called focus mountain that we train on. And we have various podcasts and other things that go deeper into that. And to what degree you know, you can get into Maslow's hierarchy, you can get into all these things. To what degree do I feel safe and secure to open up to this person in certain ways or not? And there's just a there there that if I don't feel those things, I could easily be coming from a defensive place and see whatever you're saying as an attack. So I got to defend and my writing reflex is this defensive posture or this victim posture or this hurt posture or this righteous posture that I'm better than you because of the, you know? And so there's all these things to think about. How safe do I feel? How much trust do I feel there? And I, I just thought it would be worth 
putting that on the table to think about, as well as the same for this concept that I learned from a separate Aubrey Marcus podcast that was getting at, do you, do, are you communicating with your significant other in your relationship to win or to love? And there's a huge difference of what's your intention. Like Casey was saying, what are you trying to do? And sometimes if we're unconscious of that, that can go awry. And the more we don't feel safe and the more we don't feel secure or we feel it way more than the other person, the more we can come at it from, I'm going to communicate to win versus to discover or love or respect or treat this person with dignity. And I just wanted to give voice to that as a possibility, but I don't know if you have any thoughts or if that's going off the rails. Well, for me instantly that, that seems so on point because your writing reflex has kicked in when you're feeling like it's not in alignment with yourself, but in reality, you know, why not be curious to find out what's going through their head and why that makes the most sense for them too. Well, I would say Casey's example might come to mind for my writing reflex. Well, I don't want to be curious about why he wants to go spend the, well, that's not true. I'm ambivalent about that. Now that I say that, maybe there is a positive intent there that they think they're going to win all the family money at Vegas. I don't know, Casey, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I, I think that it's, I think it's so helpful to hear things from so many different angles, like the whole thing about, you know, is your intention to win or to love? I think that's just, I think it's a, a very clean layman's version of how attached are you to the outcome? Mm-hmm. What, what outcome are you attached to? So it's, it's mm-hmm. catchy, but it's the, still the same mechanism of how attached are you to that outcome? If you're, if mm-hmm. you're attached to winning or being right, your writing reflex by definition is going to be higher. And if your, your intention is to be present and curious, like Tammy said, your writing reflex is going to be more at bay. Um, and it's less about winning. So I think, mm-hmm. I think the mechanisms are the same. And I just, I like that there's different angles that make the, it accessible to the brain to think of it that way. I know for me, there's, you know, the, 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 when the video that Miller does around the good lines, you know, mm-hmm. the, the client, the bad lines, one of the, the things that just strikes me, and I, I say this nearly every single training to some professional or group of professionals at some point in time, nearly every week that the writing reflex comes from a desire of wanting to help. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, when Miller said that, it just was something that just, I thought, oh my gosh, I look through every profession that I work with, whether it's law enforcement or obviously like behavioral health, addiction, mental health, healthcare, you know, dietetics, just whatever you look from education, the fundamental desire is a desire to help. It's not to harm. Our desire is to help. And, but, and from that desire to help, is where the writing reflex can rear up the most. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the way that Miller articulates it is, you know, you see somebody going down the wrong path, a path that could do damage to them, that could harm them. And you want to say, no, don't go down this path, turn around, go this way instead. And, and what he says is that is just the natural instinct of somebody that's trying to help. But it is the writing reflex. And now not only are they not, now not only do they want to go down the path they didn't want to, now they're mad at you as well and saying, who are you to tell me which path I can go down? And that was the contamination I was talking about as well, too, that instead of having them in an ambivalent state, my writing reflex can actually have a detrimental effect on an outcome, as opposed to if I would have never opened my mouth, they may have stayed in a, a state of ambivalence or not. It's gone deep down that road instead of, you know, jogging down that road and turning around and, and giving me the finger. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, that 
was not an outcome I intended. And then we end up stigmatizing or blaming the individual instead of taking responsibility for, gosh, maybe the way that I articulated that sparked this this reflex in them that caused uh, a more negative outcome mm-hmm. or, or for them to hold even more tightly to a self-destructive thought or behavior. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that point. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. For, I don't know if I took this from you, Casey, but on that point, the humble bite of pie of MI, I have <laughs> said before, is really bringing it back to go, what did I do to help or hinder? And I know I can't control other people, but I influenced it. So, hmm. And just bringing it back to that place of being able to respond by taking some responsibility, you know. And so we're, we're bringing it to a close. But for those of you that enjoy us to expand on things, again, you can email us at kccasey at ifioc.com. And we could go in so many directions. I'm curious to go in so many directions of like, well, wait a minute. But then when is it construction versus contaminating with that person that's going to go spend the money at Vegas? When do you? Where is the line, right? Where is the line? And, and so where is... I'm keep you up tonight, John. Exactly. So, so there's that example. There's so many other examples that flow through my mind. There's writing reflexes, what are healthier and what are less healthier. And so that's interesting as well as that the more you care, the more you're likely attached to the outcome. And that can be coming from a compassionate place. And then it can ironically turn into righteousness. And just so how do you be conscientious of that and how that shapes the relationship you're in, whatever that is. So anyhow, We wrap up here. It's been a pleasure. I've got to uh, learn a lot from you both. So thank you for that. Hopefully you all there, all out there have as well. We are the MI guys. We're here to provide the communication solution that will change your world. And we hope that this has helped with that in some sort of way. We have a lot of resources and other things that we can go over from membership at ifioc.com and micro new micro courses we're doing and all these other things. But did you two want to add anything else before we uh, finish up here for resources or where they can go or anything else? I just want to say you can always find us on Facebook at the IFIOC or we have a a public group called Motivational Interviewing Every Day. So feel Mm. free to check that out. We also have our membership. And then if you want to learn more about the writing reflex and how this is engaged in motivational interviewing in a deeper level, that's going to be in our introduction to motivational interviewing class. You know, and I I just want to say, you know, we always wrap up with it because we genuinely believe it. You know, we're just trying to provide the communication solution that really is going to change your world. That's our number one goal. So anything that we can do to foster or facilitate that with you. I mean, we're just always open to that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we're always looking for people who provide that information and just, you know, at, at kc.ifioc.com, C-A-S-E-Y.ifioc.com. Those are just things we really do appreciate the feedback and the input because we, we just want this to be of service and of value to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. We will wrap there then. Wishing you all the best, and we will see you next time. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.